Welcome back, everyone, to another Jed and Gary Wrestling Podcast. This is the AEW All Out Preview Guide. So, hopefully, last podcast by myself. Maybe not, I might do an outlandish predictions video tomorrow morning because I've got a few things in my head. Well, just a small discussion, uh, maybe quick. I think the review will probably be more in detail when we, uh, everything's happened and Gary's back from his holiday. I'm just going to go through what's on the card and uh, we'll just discuss it accordingly. <clears throat> we also do reviews, previews, outlines, predictions, other wrestling podcasts and videos in relation to Morse AEW at this moment in time. And every now and again, we have a wrestling question to finish off, which usually ends up being mostly WWE related, to be honest, thinking back at it. So, start off all out. With the pre-show, the Britt Baker with Rebel Big Swole match. Uh, this is a tooth and nail match. And uh, we mentioned it a little bit on the review where Big Swole is going to Britt Baker's office, really, by the scenes of things, because she said it's the place of work. So you've probably heard me ramble on about too much in relation to the women um, the actual aspect of this being demoted to the pre-show, which is on YouTube. But I'm just going to reflect back slightly on it. The, in relation to the pre-show, you're giving these two ladies that needed time to get themselves over, get the story over, and get the match finished one way or another. I think the problem we've got with it is it's the relegation side. You've taken away from the all-out pay-per-view, actual pay-per-view, and putting it on the pre-show away from the highlighted show. So all the people that buy the all-out pay-per-view will have to still go and find this match elsewhere, which will be on YouTube, which is not what you really want because that's what you've got the tag team tournament in place again. So again, you've heard me ramble on about this many, many, many a times. I think my main issue is if it bangs and it's a fantastic match, we're just going to be gutted that it's not going to be on the actual card because there will be matches there that have a very interesting 50-50 way of seeing it, if it's going to be dreadful or if it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, the rules of the two for nail match, which is... Uh, the part that I want to speak about mostly is they didn't stay anything as such, but it's mostly going to be a false count anywhere match. And uh, I think the fact is the fighting tooth and nail, just has that saying goes, that's how the name was generated. And it'll probably be in and around the dentistry office is what I mentioned on the uh, review of Dynamite this week. So having Big Swall into Britt Baker's madhouse. Okay, so think of it this way. We had the House of Horrors, and we had the incident with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton going through all that stupid stuff. They can make that awesome now with a horror version of a dentistry. Nine out of 10 of us probably don't like going to the dentist, and out of the nine out of 10, 50% are probably scared of going to the dentist for whatever reason, if it's the actual person itself or the actual situation. So creating that anxiety in a match would be extremely well done if they portray it. But they can do all the silly things with Reba Rebel um, as uh, Britt Baker's around. So they can fire on the entry, mess a few things around. Hopefully Britt Baker's give Big Swall a bit of permission to like put a face through uh, a few posters. Because if you remember with Britt Baker, she had the um, motivational role model sort of aspect of it. So we first started seeing her dentistry becoming more heel when we saw these pictures around. And that's when we first got introduced with Reba Rebel. Uh, it would just be interesting if she still got them like posters up in the air. I think the actual scenery of it will be very, very intriguing because you want it more as a cinematic match. And that, that's the reason I generally think why they've not put it on the card. You've got the Mimosa Mayhem match with Chris Jericho and Orange, which is near to a cinematic but an actual wrestling match. 
and they're keeping the cinematic match away from the actual pay-per-view. So last cinematic match I can think of that were proper was the Stadium Stampede. They finished that off with it. They're doing the similar thing, but they're starting off with a cinematic match, which is quite nice. But again, I, I wish he was still on the bare feet. But nevertheless, this is going to be amazing. Um, Britt Baker, I would like to go over so she can go against Sheeda. If Sheeda goes over, I will go against that in the future. Depending on who wins this match, it depends on how I'm going to think the outcome of the title match is going to go. And the reason for it is the women's division is very, very uh, small as it is with big name stars. So having Big Swole win this match as the baby fish she is currently in this role, um, it sort of interlines with her uh, for a title shot in the future. Obviously, you need to stack up wins because you can't just have a title shot out of the middle of blue unless they decide to, which is very rare, but they can because it is AEW, they are the rankings company. And having Big Swole win the match, she can lead herself on to against Thunder Rosa if she beats Sheeda um, for the actual title, because you can have the heel and you can have the babyface dynamic. That's how I'm thinking of it. So if Britt Baker's going to win it, I think Sheeda's definitely going to win her uh, match and it will lead to a nice little rematch down the line hopefully fingers crossed against Britt Baker and Sheeda which will all in all highlight the women's division as watch much needed so uh yeah I'm looking forward to the buy-in I'll be honest considering what it is wish it wasn't there I wish it was more Sammy and Matt Hardy that I'll speak to now because they're doing the table oh well, not tables match they've already done that they're doing the broken rules match and I'd rather have this on the pre-show because this was built in the breaks of Dynamite through the last couple of weeks and it's been lit on and off ever since Sammy's suspension. And because Sammy was suspended for that dreadful thing he did, uh, it sort of just killed the storyline right off because it was originally going to be Matt Hardy was going to convince Sammy to go away from Chris Jericho dismantle the inner circle from his ass side of it and then join Matt and be mentored by him and with private party because imagine uh private party and Sammy okay as a trio yeah probably not the um drinking party style of it but imagine if you had that sort of gear as well wouldn't that be another nice trio because trios and stables, tag teams, groups of people is what AEW highlight. Just look at the inner circle. Eddie Kingston's new group. Before Eddie Kingston, we had the Death Triangle. Um, you've got the Elite. You've got Jungle Express. There, there are a nice little trio themselves. Um, Butcher Blade Bunny, the Nightmare Family. I know Ali's gone over to them now and not actually in that trio as such. You've got the FTW with Taz's team. You're plenty, plenty more. If I've missed anybody off quickly, like, oh, best friends in Orange Cassidy, you can't, can't forget Orange. One of the biggest people around. But again, you've got the big groups and people can be in and out of them. This is why I th generally think I'm going to go down eventually and might tease a little um, breaking up of one of these big groups whilst another one gets generated. Probably not in this pay-per-view, but down the line. Um, but this Broken's Roll match, if Sammy wins... Matt Hardy has to leave AEW. I'm just going to tell you what I generally think the outcome is going to be. And I think it will be Matt Hardy losing this match. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with Matt. I've discussed many times with Gary that uh, Matt's a, not my favourite character, but a light character of mine because he's different personas. That's why I've always liked Mankind and many people down the road like Bray Wyatt. Um, because they can change the persona there and then to whatever's suited for the story. So if Matt does get booted out of um, AEW by Sammy, Sammy's won that feud, which is fine. You can rest Matt away because he can't say his run has been poor, but he can't say his run's been fantastic. Um, he came in on the same day as Brody Lee, 
extreme excitement through that. I, I'll be honest, I think I was more excited about Brodie Lee than Matt. Um, he was in the stadium stampede. He's one of the pinnacle people in that. Uh, you probably remember him in the moment of uh, when he was in the swimming pool and going through all his personas uh, down there. He's had a very, very big role in BTE off camera. We could still possibly see him in BTE if he did lose this, and that's how they can develop that storyline a bit further. Uh, and really, it's a win-win in an odd way for Sammy, okay? Because if he loses, that's fine. He doesn't really get much down onto him except for a bit of a storyline with Chris Jericho probably of saying, I can't believe he couldn't beat that old person. And then, then that's how you can have the inner circle fraction fracture start happening. But if Sammy beats Matt, he can have this sort of revelation in his mind of thinking, I've beat him. He's left. Might start feeling sorry for Matt in an odd way. And going on the good side, the baby face side, and start having the fractures that way. Or either or, it's um, just going to be a box standard Sammy Guevara and Chris, Jer- uh, Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy match. I just hopefully that Sammy can bring the best out of Matt Hardy right now because Matt Hardy is getting on a little bit and Sammy is the bright and upcoming star. If he's managing to get the best out of it, that's all I can do. So I'm going to bring up the rules for us. Um, so I can just explain what will happen because it's the only stipulation that I can think. Um, it's going to be the winner will be determined by one competitor that cannot answer the referee's 10 count and his opponent is a last man standing. So it's actually a last man standing match. We try to think about it. Uh, Sammy's been in the first tables match, first stadium stampede, one of the first matches, or no, the first match of Dynamite against Cody. Yeah, I think he was in one of the first matches ever of AEW. Uh, I think he won that one against Kip Sabian or the other way around, Kip Sabian beat Sammy, one of the two. Um, he's been in quite a few brand new matches, so uh, it just shows you the faith in him. And I think with the whole situation, this is where now they can platform Sammy into next year, get him forget, forget about 2020, and see if he can platform himself to being a better star for next year. But I've sort of convinced myself now, I really want to see him in private parties, them as a trio, because getting him to have the like, leopard print pants and stuff that um, they both were in the private party tag team would be quite interesting to see. So leading on, we've got a tag team match. Again, I'm going on a similar style as small uh, to what I would have rather seen on the pre-show. And this is the Jungle Express uh, versus the Young Bucks. So what you can really pin from this is the story that's developed in that week. You've got Matt and Nick being absolute a-holes and wanting people to hate them versus another up-and-comer jungle boy and just the boy popper, Luchasaurus. And I hope when he comes out, he speaks to the camera again. Because I like that little thing he's doing at Morgan and Dynamite, where every time he makes his entrance, he just points to the camera and just starts blurting out about random stuff. Um, could this match lead to a title match down the line? Possibly. Who's going over? Um, 99.9% certain that Mac Jackson and Nick Jackson, I don't know why I said the full name, the Young Bucks are going to win it. Uh, I can't see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus winning it unless something happens with disqualification. This is my old WWE mind being conditioned where how do you get away from two teams um, that really need a win um, to keep them in the rankings as such and getting a bit cheap shot out. But I could and I will allow a disqualification in this match, really. I think Matt and Nick getting a bit too angry and going against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in a in a way where they're inclining their own cleaner, their, their own Kenny Omega persona on a tag team division because they might now just flick that switch and go a bit bit mental because they did come through the heel aspect of it. Uh, the, the match itself is just going to be a box standard tag team match, just fast paced. You don't want this match to go too long and you don't want it to be a squash match either, depending, but... 
I think Luchasaurus needs to get a lot of offense in. Jungle Boy is probably the one that's going to get beaten up, sadly, and singled out. Uh, if they do it the other way around, I'd be pleasantly surprised. And Jungle Boy having a good offense against the other two would be quite interesting because I think a singles match with Jungle Boy and Nick, Nick Jackson would be uh, just itself extremely good. But this is where now Matt and Nick can coach Jungle Boy to be the better of himself and get him up eventually because who doesn't like Jurassic Express? Um, and on top of that, with Jurassic Express, we've got Mark Alston. And as I mentioned on the review of Dynamite, you've got the storyline mirrors with the Kenny Omega and the Jacksons now, the Young Bucks. Where I don't know why I keep saying the name. Uh, just say Young Bucks, Jed. That's the team name. Just say Young Bucks. Um, I'm getting invisibly pinched off Gary now from somewhere random, wherever he is. But you've got that mirrored storyline where they can go after Marco Stunt, exactly how Kenny did. And imagine if Kenny does right casually comes out. He won't. I don't think he would at all. But it just it shows you that Kenny had the reason to do it, and now they're doing it. They get a bit of more blood feud. You could see another rematch between these two teams on a TV show, depending on what the finish is, especially if it is a DQ. But if I'm going for a genuine finish, Matt and Nick win because they do the BTE trigger on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus was too late to uh, break it up or something. Um, that's how I think it's going to go. So, on to another match. We've got another tag team match. It's the eight-man tag team, the Dark Order, um, who is Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, versus Matt Condona, Scorpio Sky, Justin Rhodes, QT Marshall. I'm going to say this hands down, 100% Dark Order winning this one, and Cole Cabana's getting the win because they're going to bring that storyline back into it. Uh, many, many a times we've seen the eight-man tag teams, anytime with Brody Lee in it, or a big tag team match with Brody Lee in He's always looking out for Colt. He's orchestrating the match. He does that storyline with his eyes. If, everyone's ne- if anyone's not really spotted it, watch Brody Lee during a match when he's not wrestling. His body language and it's his eyes. Huh? It's really his eyes. It just tells a thousand different stories in one go, but he will lead Colt to the victory as Evil Uno and Stu are probably doing a lot of heel stuff in the background to portray it away. Do I think the rest of Dark Order will be out with them? Yes, I do hope so. Silver, I'll be deadly honest, even though I do like every single one of them, deserves some pay-per-view time just for getting himself over on that different platform of BTE. So he deserves to be in this spot. Just He needs something silly. And then down the line, you can have that, not the Dark Order um, splitting up, but you can have it where Brody Lee is thinning out the tread to get better people in. Because if he hires someone better, Matt Cardona into the Dark Order or officially gets Colt, he might not want people in there. However, saying that, I might be contradicting myself completely. It's a numbers game and we've got that drilled down to us from the commentators every time we've seen the Dark Order. Um, but for the baby faces, you're going to see a lot of office in it. It's going to be a very 50-50 match again, I think, with this one. Um, Scorpio Sky is there to prove himself because he's a bit frustrated of his singles run that time so he'll just do the best that he can and he is good in a tag match aspect of it he just needs the light shining on him QT Marshall doesn't need too much I think he should be the one that gets pinned um, by Colt and he's the one that needs to get beaten up do I see Justin Rhodes um, doing anything with Brody Lee? Yes, I do. I think they're going to lead up into a mini singles feud and Dustin Rhodes is going to be the first um, title defence Brody Lee is going to have, I genuinely believe. So we'll probably see a few threads there. And Matt Condona is just going to, again, he needs to prove himself to me to confirm he is all elite at this moment in time. Just a bit 50-50. But actually, on Dynamite, watching that vignette, the uh, promo video of this actual match when we were speaking to all the Bay faces and Justin was speaking over the top, he looked badass. I'll be deadly honest. I think they replayed him about four times, ripping his top off, going after people, doing his, I think Radio Science, now call it, his new finisher. Well, it's old finisher, but new name. He just looked absolutely ripped and badass. And uh, if they can bring that out in the future, I don't know what storyline they'll do down the line, probably something with Cody because it's being shoved down our throat that he's his best friend. He's a very, very close friend. You can have two ways because Cody trusts Matt down the line because of what MGF did or will Cody embrace Matt and become 
a new tag team, all the Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, that sort of aspect of it. But um, just going to be a good match. I hope it's better than I think it is, because to me, eight-man tag teams are just AEW's bread and TV, TV bread and butter. We see them all the time on TV. They're always fun, enjoyable. You just need to get that chemistry and that um, way of TV match onto a pay-per-view style match. But it's a good thing to have it split up something. Because if we're absolutely drained after that tag match with Hango, Hango, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega and FDR, this is good something just to throw on, just to ease you back into it. A bit of a spot fest, quite quick, move, move, move sort of thing. Or ease it down, get broiled, to slow the pace, that sort of thing. Because a match like this doesn't go out to die either because minimal two stars already. Um, good old Meltzer rating, two stars. You just need to work from that two stars upwards. It can't get any worse. The only thing I would add to it is there's one name here. I've got Ali and um, Anna Jay. You can secretly build the women's division during this match as well because you can get them to, to have a mini feud outside the ring. I know Ali is greyer weird heel slash baby face, depending. Um, but she's got a bit of a point to prove because took out um, Cody Rhodes' wife, Brandy. Would she be out? Possibly, probably not. It does say Ali just on the match graphic. Uh, but that's where you can feed that into it, and it'll be good because you just need to interweave the into gender storylines with the others. So the others all match up and they all become better because how many storylines do we see in one aspect of AEW? And if you just get the genders in there as well, at least that gives a bit more importance to the women's division. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, there is one, two, three, four, five things more to talk about. These are more heavier things. I'll start with the Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. There's nothing much I can really add on to this. Mimosa Bayhead match. Match can be won by pinfall submission, throwing the opponent into a tank of Mimosa. They use the word tank. So I think my vision of uh, the ring being surrounded by perspex and it filled with Mimosa is not going to happen. If it does, I really, really do hope so. Um, I'm actually uh, playing golf on Sunday. So I, I thought I was playing it yeah, tomorrow on Saturday because I'm recording this on Friday afternoon. Uh, it's currently quarter past five now uh, on Friday, but I thought I was going to go golf tomorrow. So I had planned um, go golf, watch a film with the missus when I get home, have tea, then uh, go sleep, then watch the pay-per-view. But sadly, I am doing Jack all tomorrow, doing a few things around the house. Mrs. getting her hair done, so she's not even around. So it's basically me both like playing Xbox with my cats. Uh, and then I need to stay up to watch this. And then I'll go and play golf on Sunday because be damned, I am not getting any of these matches ruined for me. If someone ruined the Moxley and MGF match, I could probably forgive them. I don't want them to ruin the Battle Royale. I don't explain that in a second. But by hell, I do not want anyone to tell me the tag team tag championship match at all okay or even the Thunder Rose and Ida Shida match I, I, I don't want people to tell me that either because that's quite interesting because whatever the outcome of that is uh, leading down the line so I'm watching it live which is a delight I don't know if Gary is or not I'll message him he, I think his holiday officially finishes tomorrow morning so he might be free um, I am doing the preview today anyway just to have us a bit of time uh, just for tomorrow to watch the preview. But apart from that, that's me rambling on about myself again. Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy, Mimosa Mayhem match. Perspex, not going to happen. Massive tank of it. Depends on where you put the tank. I don't want them to do a casual platform somewhere in the uh, Daily's place. Because if you remember the one-wigged angel that Kenny gave Sammy at the end of Stadium Stampede, they had to brawl to that massive platform. And then when you actually saw and realized it was a platform they were on, you were thinking, oh, something big's going to happen here. You don't want that to happen in the Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy match. Actually, it depends on who you are, but I don't, because it's like, oh, they're fighting near the tank now. Um, this is where one's going to get thrown in. Uh, if they have it or have a couple around the ring, at least 
there's more. I think it'll be just funny to have um, this match either the second one in or near the end because Adam Page has to get a cup out. He has to go and get a plastic, one of them American red plastic cups and just take like some mimosa and drink it. It has to happen. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone thinks. I know he's drinking a problem from FDR, but that has to happen. Who do I think is going to win? Because of what I suggested in the review of Dynamite, um, Chris Jericho doing the walls and doing the Judas effects on Joey Janela. And Orange was the one to pour the champagne on the floor with his thumbs down. I think that's a high indicator of what's going to happen this match, where Orange is going to get Jericho in the mimosa. Um, before that, I generally think um, one of the inner circle, if that's Jake Hager or if that's Ortiz with his can't swim gimmick. I don't know if he can't swim in real life, so apologies if that's not a gimmick. Um, but that would just be funny. I think one of them's definitely going in. Or, uh, and then with Chris, this is how I think it's going to play out. Orange is going to push him in, which is fine. Chris is going to get really tantrumed. He's going to have probably white claws on, let's be honest. Whoever is going to get thrown in is the one that's going to have white claws, at least with denim from Orange. You know that's going to get stained anyway. So if Jericho's wearing white, you know he's going in there one way or another. Um, and when Jericho's in, because I still think this Matt Hardy storyline is going to happen with Sammy, it's going to be like a baptism and they're going to take Mick out of Seth Rollins in Monday Night Messiah gimmick in the future. And because Chris Jericho is going to come out of this with a new gimmick, a new line, something to create down Dynamite's line, he's going to, this is going to be another fracture within the inner circle. Okay? Because Sammy's going to have a fracture. Chris Jericho is going to have a fracture. Jake Hager is the only one that I don't think will, but be the one to do something to cause the castle of glass to fall to bits. But there's the tag team that I will be discussing after this, Ortiz and Santana. And they're in a casino barrel, so they're actually on the uh, night. And they just need to get away from um, Inner Circle, to be honest. I was having a, a shower thought. It was last night after I did the podcast and I was just thinking, I went, they could do so much more if they were out of the inner circle. I get why they're in it. And there's a lot of groups, as I mentioned before, but if you get rid of one of the groups, which group could you get rid of? Eddie Kingston's, possibly. Uh, the Elite, ah, yet again, it's a possibility, not as much. Inner circle, that is easier to do and will help all the stories of all five individuals much, much better. It'll benefit them a hell of a lot more. And this is how Orange can win without pinning or submitting Chris Jericho to keep him strong. And this is Chris Jericho not losing directly by pinfall submission, which doesn't harm him of if he ever does need another title match, if that's for the TNT or the AW down the line. So it's very positive how they've done this. Um, I'm just looking forward to the silliness of that match. A good comedy, comedy sketch of it. Um, bit sad that it's gone from serious, two serious matches to a comedy one. Should have gone serious, comedy, serious. But, oh, well, that's Orange's gimmick. We'll see what it is. It's going to bang. Um, four more. So we've got the Casino Battle Royale. Currently in the Casino Battle Royale, we, whoever wins is going to get an AEW championship match. Probably another mid-season finale, mini non-pay-per-view on uh, the weekdays for Dynamite. I don't know what the next one's called, the one in between All Out and um, Full Gear. I think that was the Cruise last year, if I, if I remember rightly. And that's where the tag team titles were won by Kenny and Hangman. Um, if it is, they're probably going to call it something else. Um, ready going into it. Like clutch time, I don't know, something to do with Full Gears. Bad, bad creative off me then. I won't be able to put my CV in anytime soon. So currently we have Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starrs, Pentacle Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, Billy Austin Gunn, Jake Hager, Santana, 
and uh, Ortiz, uh, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and to be confirmed. So I think that's around about 18, 17 people I've just read out. I'm not sure, actually. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, spot on. Uh, 18. So that is one, two, three men to be confirmed. Do I want one of them to be Serpentico? Yes, I do. Do I want Serpentico to get... <laughs> thrown out five times like a dynamite in that break period yes i do um the other two people i'll tell you my thoughts afterwards who they could possibly be i'll be honest i've not really thought too much into it um except for one person that keeps replaying in my mind probably replayed in gary's mind and i've teased him out so many times in uh, many many reviews and previews so really there's many, many storylines you can do here. You can do the Darby Allen, Lance Archer team versus Brian Cage, Ricky, individual Ricky versus Darby. You've got the full group of Eddie Kingston's in between each other. Imagine them five at the end by themselves. That'd be an interesting story. Is Eddie using these people to go against? You've got the Sean Spears solo, which is very intriguing that this match is revolving around him and he's not been on Dynamite as much. Um, I did mention that I appreciated that Tully came out with Sean again uh, when they were doing that stupid battle on Dynamite. The, just imagine right now, he's a possibility. He's, he's one of my top five contenders of who could possibly win this. And that is actually Sean Spears because you could play it so many things. You need to think of it this Casino Battle If it's not the person they really, really do want to win who may or may not show up, um, you basically need someone that can have a really good match to win it, that will seem really positive and it will push them to the right direction to win it, but also lose against MGF and Moxley. Okay? Because the two people I'll, I'll example the, when I mentioned this to Gary ages ago, Ricky Starks and Pentagon Jr. Um, you possibly could also do um, Jake Hager, but there's a reason why I'm not picking him, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the Pentagon Jr., Ricky Starks, these two people, phenomenal individual wrestlers. They are in a, their own different separate factions. But because Ricky's been that heated against Darby Allen this morning in time, he could use that to concentrate Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. Uh, and then Ricky could have his match against whoever the champion is and lose. And it wouldn't matter as much because it wouldn't damage him because he's been built up really, really well. And you don't need to have him win more secret matches on Dark to get him to have that title position. And then you can bring him back to this Darby Allen feud, which we all want to see, which I'm extremely disappointed they didn't have a singles match on this card. Very, very disappointed. And then whilst they're them two, they can have the feud. You can have the Lance Archer, Brian Cage thing that we got teased as well, which is quite an interesting dynamic. Two massive, beefy guys slapping me. But you've also got Pentagon Jr. The reason I bring him up is when you look at the group of Eddie Kingston, you've got either Eddie Kingston or Pentagon Jr., which are the two people you possibly can see winning for the five. Eddie Kingston's already had a title shot recently, so I don't think that's why I don't think he'll win it. Um, he possibly could. Uh, but Pentagon Jr.'s there. Again, he's a top developed, already big star that we know of. And having him against Marks is such a good dynamic. Doing his. Um, no fear symbol and his slow walk to mock this slightly injured in a match is just quite intriguing and I do want to see it and I would love to see Pentagon Jr. having another massive big singles uh, match within the company because he is a great wrestler individually and he's such, got a good dynamic and personality outside of these people Ricky Starks is the exact same it's that personality Eddie Kingston, same personality. But you look at Ray Phoenix, he's just a spotter. The butcher, even though we love him, him and his apron. Not much of a personality except for his weird walk around. It's same with Blade, same with others. Sean Spears, big personality. Okay, so the two people to be confirmed who I think it is. One of the, the very unlikely and with their own individual reasons. So I'm going to start with one who obviously the English bastard himself, Pike. We've mentioned many a times it's very difficult 
due to the current global climate for him to come over to America at this moment in time. But if they've somehow got him or they somehow organized travel because they got TH2, uh, them two, over in AEW this morning in time, it's extremely possible that Pac could be over and they're just waiting to pull the trigger on him, using him, and he might be staying in America for like a, a couple of months or something, ready, ready to pull it. And he is the only person, if Mox wins the title, that has a possible able to win it, okay? Win the title off Moxley. Because he's had the mini feud previously. He's a phenomenal wrestler, and we know he can go way far beyond. And having him individually will cause the biggest pop ever. Gary will be able to hear the earthquake in his house. I'll be able to hear all the American fans screaming. And Twitter will go absolutely insane, having them 20 people walk out Maybe, maybe you give a few people entrances like Darby Allen. You give him an entrance to begin it off. Then you have a few more people walk out, have somebody else have an entrance. Or if you just give everybody 21, imagine people walking and then the referee pretending to count, counting to 20 and then going, who's that last person? And you just turn around or it goes pitch black and then standing on the ring, not the ring, on the apron or the ramp or the uh, entrance pack with his mask on. Just give that a moment of silence because it deserved it. It really did serve it. Got goosebumps thinking about it. Just be amazing because AEW's missed him. And I think a lot of fans have missed him individually as well, uh, which is, we just want him to be back. Um, and he could win and uh, he could win that and could win the title as well. So the second person who I possibly could think could win a title, and this is an extreme prediction, borderline outlandish, and I will bring it up next um, in my next video, is Wardlow. Okay. Um, he's supposed to be with MGF in the later on in the show but if you had Wardlaw in this Casino Royale, and this Casino Royale is the middle of the pay-per-view um, having Wardlaw win it would indicate either storyline of MGF or Moxley winning it because if Moxley wins it and Wardlow wins his Royale, at least Wardlow can lose that title match because I think it wouldn't hurt him too much even though it is another loss in his record. He hasn't really had many against bigger names. Um, it would just be a very interesting dynamic of him versus Mox because he is a beefy guy and he did stir that title with uh, MGF the other, other day. But having MGF win the title and then Wardlow win this Casino Royale, it's just interesting himself. And that's the fracture between them two that we've seen a couple of times, um, which is extremely intriguing. There's not much I can say about Warlow. He's just an absolute tank, and I would love to see him against like someone like Brian Cage, Lance Archer, um, the bigger people of uh, AEW, because his match against Luchasaurus, absolute banger, that uh, Lumberjack match. So, yeah, I just want to know your thoughts about the Casino Battle. Who do you think is going to come? Who do you think is going to win it? And what storyline is going to happen in the future? So, three matches to go. I'm going to do the female match now, because, again, it's something similar of... It depends on how they want to play it. Um, with Sheeda and Thunder Rosa, I think for what it is, it's been extremely well built. Short and simple is where you need to have it. Um, a bit shy that Sheeda's not had the time and light of what she should have been required for her development of the AEW Women's Championship. Um, but it could have been her choice. I've won the champions uh, championship now. I don't want to go on TV too much. I don't really want that. You could play into that hands. Um, but either or, it's just going to be a great, great match. It's possibly between this and the tag team match could win match of the night, really, because they're two extremely talented wrestlers. So Gary Wood, hands down, put a lot of praise over for Thunder Rosa. He did before he did go on holiday. Um, and he loves Sheeda to bits. So he definitely, 100%, I can hear him now in the background being excited 
um, for this match as much as I am. Uh, it's all about who wins it, really, of how they're going to do future stories. Sheeda has been against a lot of the heels within AEW. And with the storyline that she's been built and been relegated to the lack of TV time, uh, the reoccurring thing that we mentioned, it could be where Thunder Rosa wins the match. She's ready to go against all the baby faces. And then she screams uh, to the producers because she's going to obviously get assigned if she wins the title. And she's not on the um, website. AW's website is being confirmed either. So having her win the title, you get her a contract. You get another person that is needed on this huge roster. And she can now scream to all producers, the executives, Brandy, that women need more time and she can pinpoint that. And because we've heard her decent promos, we've seen her in the ring so far, I really do see a title changing hands right here. And um, I say to this Gary all the time, it's the reset button. Every time they change that title, I always say um, they're ready to restart it, reboot it, and um, get the women's division where it should be, like pulling the sock out of your PC. Um, is your PC working? No, it isn't. Okay, turn it on and off again. That's what they're doing with the women's division. And then it's having the same faults a few months, a few weeks down the line. That's what my PC did. That's what they're going to do. They're going to turn it on, turn it off again. Reset, 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 reset from the Rosa. Perfect reset. Give her a storyline. Perfect. What did she do after a win? Um, or was it her entrance on Dynamite this week? She had a flag. What did I mention in this preview? You've got groups of people, brands, and really, two others that I really, really like that haven't been on TV since they won the tournament. Imagine having them three just run through the women's division individually and then having an absolute mint trios match down the line. I'm just fantasy booking here. But Thunder Rosa versus Diamante and Ivelisse. Just, yeah, perfect. Having them three versus Shida, Big Swall, and a returning Rio. Possibly. Don't know where, what the situation is for Japan. I'm trying to think of another baby face, female baby face wrestlers uh, they could use. Um, again, this is what I mean. On top of my head, I can't think of any like the people in my head. Roll your heels, neither rolls. Penelope Ford. That's it. Mine's gone blank again. I don't, I don't want to get the roster up because of this situation, but that shows you the importance of um, the women's division aspect. They just need to concentrate on it. Thunder Rose for the win. Sheeda could easily win it. Depends on how they want the future storyline to go down. But either or the champion needs. Possibly, imagine them being the first title holders on the Dynamite next. Quite interesting to see. So, two matches left. John Mott's the MGF or Kenny Omega and Page FDR. Because of the respect of the AEW World Championship title, I'm going to leave that to last. So, we've got the Kenny Omega, Adam Page, FDR with Tully Blanchard. Is anyone else actually ready for this match? Is anybody else emotionally ready for this match? Is anybody ready to see and feel a match that's just going to hurt us all? No one's ready for this one. Do I think it's going to be as good as Revolution? No. Do I think it's a fair comparison? No. Uh, Revolution had crowds. Uh, had an extreme buzz going into it with two face teams. Again, grade lines. Um, but this one is the true dynamic now of a face team versus a pure heel bread team. And this team's got a manager. And the story for this one is... How's Kenny and Paige going to work together? Because they're 
I've used this word a hell of a lot, this uh, podcast, Fractured. And you've got FTR, which have played all these games and blamed Adam Page, his self-blame on him. It's his fault that this has happened. Could I see interference from any of the other teams? 0.001%. If they did pull a DQ out on this night that wasn't on the Nick, uh, the Young Bucks match, I really do think it could actually happen in this match and it would shock people to the core not having a 100% answer of who's won the title. Um, do I think someone's going to get pinned? Um, if it's a non-DQ, yes. I see Kenny Omega being pinned because of Adam Page has been distracted by Tully Blanchard and Dax gets the pin. Do I see FTR being complete heels in this match? Completely, 100%. Do we see Kenny Omega and Adam Page losing the titles? I really don't want to see it, but I think it would happen. Um, the only comparison I'll give it uh, to Revolution's match is the outcome is just so unknown. It's um, the most intriguing match of the night. Because with the Young Bucks match, um, I, w I was certain that the Young Bucks were going to win it against Kenny Omega and Adam. Um, I was I was dead certain, and I'm still going into it extremely excited anyway. And I'm going into a similar thing of... I'm dead certain the FDR are going to win it. But are they? Okay. Um, is it the right time to split, uh, get Kenny Omega and Adam Page to uh, develop the story a bit more? So the titles are the reasons them two are kept together. And without the titles, what's going to happen next? That, that's like the question. So it's a really good way to develop the story down that route as well. And an FDR can blitz through the way, through the tag team division, through a heel aspect, the heel side of it. Um, but do I see Kenny Omega and Adam Page retaining also? Yeah, I really do. It's really unusual. Would this affect FDR? Yeah, it possibly could. Because an outlandish prediction I've got for this that I will discuss more in depth tomorrow is imagine FDR are the red herrings all the way through and they were never ever the four horsemen tees. And it was the Young Bucks. Impossible. Probably. Because FTR are a thoroughbred tag team of what the um, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard were. Okay. Because really, they're the actual tag team that should be in the four horse and that sort of style of wrestling. They hate the flippy dippy stuff. Yes, Gary, I got you there. I got you there. Um, but imagine the Young Bucks just being in the four horsemen. Extreme outlandish prediction won't happen. This match itself, 20 minute, 25 minute, phenomenal back and forth storytelling in, out, left, right, center. Um, possible outcome, unknown. I told you what I want to hear. It's just about if FTR win the titles, what's next? And they're they going to now say we're at the top of the food chain. Is this how we got there? Then this is how the young bucks come into it. They're saying, we got cheated out of our match. Give us one of the next pay-per-view. That sort of thing. And you got the Kenny and Agma, uh, Hangman individual match coming up. I'm just not ready for this match, guys. I really not. If this gets ruined to me, I'm watching it live. And even if it gets ruined to me live, I'm just going to be fuming. And it leads me on to the final match. John Moxley versus MGF with Wardlow. So they did confirm he is with Wardlow. Um, they could go again. This is quite similar with the outcome, they could go anywhere, possibly. And this is one of the things AEW does really well they put people onto a pedestal of two doors, win or lose. And the, the both people, both teams, or both oppositions you just think shouldn't really lose. I don't want MGF to lose, he could, he could take more of a loss than John Moxley could. But if Moxie loses, it just adds more fuel to the fire of why this year's Moxie summed it up really well on Dynamite. This year's been extremely poor. Uh, the storyline mentioned on Dynamite up and down many, many times. The end of it, pretty all right on Dynamite to where it's gone. 
I just hope the wrestling match just serves justice to what it is. Uh, I think the story is going to be Moxley's going to just basically try and pound MGF to a pulp. Uh, Wardlow will do a few interfering spots without the referee seeing here and there. And then MGF is going to try and find um, that perfect submission to get Moxley on. MGF's going to use the paradigm shift, I guarantee it. Uh, it's just it's bound to happen. It's this sort of style of matches. His heel aspect of it, just bringing out to um, what Moxley wanted, really, because he's the one that signed the dotted line to say, no, a uh, paradigm shift doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know what happens if Moxley does use the paradigm shift. Does Is it just a DQ and Moxley keeps the title? don't think AEW that's stupid. I don't think they would ever do where Moxley does it. Because it's Moxley, the key word is Moxley banned from using the paradigm shift. And with the, the booking they provided for it, it's just a simple stepping stone um, title match from this. When MGF did his first campaign promo to where we are now, everyone knew how it was going to develop. Um, they just had a few bits here and there. It's just the Wardlow aspect of it. So is MGF going to win the title, bin Wardlow off because he's done all the dirty work, get that feud with him? Is Wardlow going to win the Battle Royale to fight against MGF to title? Is Wardlow going to win the Battle Royale and then go against Sean Moxley? That's just the questions um, I want to ask him. But I'm just hoping the wrestling in this actual match, actual moves themselves, just lives up to uh, the expectations and the hype. Uh, there's not much more I can really say because this we delve deep more into the review of Dynamite. Uh, it would just be a good perfect to the end of the show, depending on how you do it, as long as it bangs. Don't think it'll be matched tonight. But if it is, I'll be pleasantly surprised. And um, hats off to both of them, really. I hope you're all excited for AEW um, all out this weekend. I definitely am. Our Lanish Prediction uh, podcast video if I can get the YouTube channel working tomorrow morning. I've got a free time now, so I might might do it. Um keyword might. Sorry guys, I'm a bit lazy this weekend. <laughs> um yeah. And apart from that guys, please follow us on Jed and Gary um podcast. Oh, I can't believe I forgot our uh, name. I've just thrown myself in the water. This is why I need Gary and this is why um we haven't got that many followers. <laughs> so Jed and Gary WP, followers on Twitter. Please tell us, because uh, we're watching it live, throw your suggestions of what you possibly think could happen, uh, what you would like to see, and what you wouldn't like to see, like Peter Avalon winning the... Uh, oh, my God, Peter Avalon winning the um, Casino Barreal is his first win. Give it to me. Austin Gunn's going to win it. No, just no. Enjoy your evenings, guys. I'll speak to you all very soon.